On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. We tried to clear up what is going on with the new review markup changes in Google. We talked about video timestamps in Google search results. Chep dropped some knowledge on who's a better catch, realtors or contractors. And we had a Facebook portal-inspired dramatic reading between Tom and Greg from HBO Succession. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shop. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on September 20th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. And if you want to follow along with us, just check out our show notes. Head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Yep, first up this week, we've got a change in the way Google will be displaying reviews. Google's article that they put out was called Making Review-Rich Results More Helpful. That's a tongue twister. Definitely. <laughs> I got it right, though. So <laughs> you did. We'll, we'll take that. I'm not saying that again or many times fast. <laughs> but essentially, Google is going to be limiting the pool of different schema types or different things that have the opportunity to show reviews in the search engine results pages to, to a smaller amount of items, including book, course, creative work session, creative work series, episode, event, game, how-to, local business, media object, movie, music playlist, music recording, organization, product, recipe, and software application. Nice. Now, two of those things are different than the others. Local business and organization are going to operate a little bit differently. And this was one of these posts that went through legal so many times, it came out so, it came out unbearable. All, all of the posts that, that Google puts out on these things, it makes sense to everybody at Google, but when it comes to the public, it's really hard to decipher what was yeah. going on. And then everyone's just trying to figure it out on Twitter. Exactly. And they actually updated this to their credit. They updated it trying to give more clarity, and it gave a little bit more. So I'm going to just break down the differences between local business and organization. So again, we've identified the schema groupings that can potentially have reviews, but a local business and an organization cannot have what's called a self-serving review. So if you've made the review yourself, if you've sourced the review from a third party and take it and put it onto your site, you are not eligible. I can't say, hey, marketing o'clock, here's our schema, we've got five stars if I just gave a five-star rating. And this is where it gets tricky. Because something like a Trustpilot, you can still be selective with things. You can't use Trustpilot for your reviews. Now, what can you use? I, I don't know. I don't know what you can use. <laughs> you know, if you can't use reviews you've sourced on your own site, and you can't use something that's a third party, if you have access to it, I don't really understand. So you can put self-serving reviews for everything except for a local business organization, which kind of seems like a half measure Shouldn't to me. nobody be able to do that? Right. So I can say, oh, marketing clock, the, the organization doesn't have any reviews, but our product, each podcast, has five-star reviews because they're self-serving. 
that that's it seems like a half measure in a yeah. way. Yeah. Nobody I'll, should be able to do self-serving reviews. Make it all or none. Yeah. Like, what is the point of saying we've got these dozen or so reviews or dozen or so scheme options that can show reviews, but only two of them you have to have legit sources for? It seems crazy to me. Yeah. Especially with product. I would think if you've got product out here and you're just inflating it, who cares if your company is, is five stars or not? I know a place that has reviews that you could use. Hmm. Google my business. <laughs> Why wouldn't you make it easy to hook that up if you're an organization? Yeah. And say, hey, I'm going to tie in in my search console to my, my business, and I'm going to allow those reviews to come in. And then done. That would be an easy step. They need you over there, Greg. I know. Just say, hey, <laughs> instead, of, instead of using the, the schema, you don't need schema. You have us. You have your, your fans, your followers giving you reviews already. We're going to make it easy on you. Mm-hmm. This isn't easy. This is clear no. as mud. The title isn't easy. The content isn't easy. It's a lot. Shep, I'm going to give this update a review. (laughs) Two stars. Two stars out of five. I'm going to be generous. Needs more clarity. (laughs) Make it easier. And you're up to a five. Okay, that's great. Well, I've got some news for content creators this week. Google is officially rolling out timestamps for YouTube videos in search results. This feature is designed to help people when the content they're searching for is contained within a video and they're calling the timestamps key moments. I'm going to preemptively give this a five-star review. Okay. Just hearing your first I like two this sentences. too, yeah. Five stars so far. So if you add these to your video, your video will show in the search results and then underneath it'll say in this video and it'll have all the timestamps that you've included in your video. That's nice because mm-hmm. some of these videos are long. Mm-hmm. And you can also, you have to name the timestamps yourself. So for this show, we'd probably mark the intro, new section, lightning round, so on and so on. And this would be awesome for, like you said, longer videos, tutorial type videos where you don't need the intro or you don't need a certain section. I think it could be super useful. Even the show, we've got many different segments on a rough hour long show. This makes perfect sense mm-hmm. for a lot of things. It'd be great. And Google is leaving it up to content creators to timestamp their videos. And Search Engine Journal article that we have in our show notes will tell you exactly how you can do that. Spoiler alert, it is super easy for YouTube videos. You literally just put in the plain text timestamps into your description and they'll use that. It's a little more difficult for non-YouTube videos. You have to submit a form. It seems like that might be coming down the pipe. And when I saw this, I had two thoughts initially. My first one was, I watch a lot of workout videos on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Of I course you do. This could be really bad for me. Why? Because you're I could just skipping just ahead. Skip you're just to like, the cool um, down. I'm going to skip the leg day yeah, part. I don't need again. the cardio. <laughs> don't need the cardio. I thought that's the most important part. Or it probably is, but I just don't want to do it. So I could just skip right to the cool down. The cool down. So you do the warm up and the cool down and you just skip the middle. Yeah, it could be really bad for me. It seems like. Okay. And then the other thing I was thinking about was hot ones. Yes. Like, with, I don't know if our listeners watch hot ones, but it's a quick, YouTube channel. Yeah. You plug it, Greg. It's yeah, your thing. So quick background. It's an interview where you eat, where you eat different chicken wings and the heat on the chicken wings becomes increasingly hotter. And it's a little deceptive because one of them in the, like maybe 60% in is the hottest one. Mm-hmm. They don't tell you that. And it's the bomb. It is so hot. We have it at the office. I, for the past month, have eaten it every day. And I, you, so, you see me at lunch. Mm-hmm. Do I, I'm like crying. Sometimes at lunch. you cry, yeah. I cry. <laughs> but anyway, they interview somebody yeah. and they have the different hot sauces. And when I watch it, I always look for somebody trying the bomb. So you could literally fast forward right to the bomb from the yes. search results. It'd be great. And if you want to see an epi- a good episode example, 
we'll link to it in the show notes. There's uh, Idris Elba, I believe, tries the bomb, <laughs> and he's he's coasting along, eating those wings, answering the questions, and you see like he just it hits him. You see, <laughs> you, like you know how sometimes something hits people. Mm-hmm. He goes. <clears throat> And he's not paying attention, and he licks his fingers even more, which is a terrible idea. And then you see him go into another dimension. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I would watch all the time. I'd go right to the bomb mm-hmm. on Hot Ones channel. And I've tried to show people the Hot Ones videos, and they're not into it at first because it takes a while to you build to up. Find people you could go right to the end. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to maintain my five-star review on that. Me too. Thank you, Google and YouTube. <laughs> all right. Next up is a new interactive ad on Facebook that lets you play a game. Or try on lipstick colors. Nice. And this comes from CNBC. The ads will allow potential customers to try on products coming into its newsfeed, participate in polls, or play those interactive games. Mark Diarcy, from Fa- who is Facebook's chief creative officer and VP of global business marketing, long title. Mm-hmm. He vomited out this phrase this week called, it's a shift from this monologue of marketing at people to more of a conversation, if the viewer so wishes. So that's right from Facebook. <laughs> the new AR ads will launch this fall. The example that they talked about in the CNBC article were trying on different shades of lipstick. Warby Parker does this, I believe, on their site. With They're glasses. kind of one of the pioneers with glasses. But it'll be able to happen within the mobile feed only in an ad on Facebook. So I thought that was cool. The other part seems kind of interesting. The examples they gave didn't seem that great. So they're offering playable ads to all the advertisers. And Facebook said brands like Vans and Uber India have tested it out. And Vans, for example, built a game that let people guide Vans founder Steve Van Doren down a mountain while collecting GIFs. Wow. I mean, unless they're actually like GIFs, that would be interesting. (laughs) I I don't want to take some founder down a mountain. And have them collect gifts. That, yeah. that seems lame. But if you had a good ad, that that could work. A good game in the ad. This also sounds like they could get in trouble with the kids marketing stuff like YouTube did with if all these games. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, if you're an advertiser, I'd imagine there's probably a big undertaking to build a game ad. So hopefully, if there's that much money going into it, maybe there's compliance. Or you just send it over to Google's legal blog posting team and they'll <laughs> trim it down and make it so that it's suitable for no one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the other examples they gave included polls. And there was everybody's favorite, Jasper's Market, <laughs> the fake company that Facebook runs on all their examples. I haven't been there in a minute. I was so happy to see that they're still around. And the example of the ad was, which do you prefer? Tomatoes or avocados? They're two totally different things. Both fruits. I know, but like totally different fruits. Correct. And then (laughs) the other was a a game, and they're saying, how do you like to drive, off-road or on-road? And it's a picture of a car. So, okay. (laughs) Sure. Maybe, Maybe you get more engagement with that. Again, if you're paying for engagement on these posts, you're yeah. probably going to do a lot worse. And that doesn't mean they're going to buy your car. I'd... Right. And then the last one was the absolute worst one. It was from Hattie Stack. <laughs> and it said, would you try our triple cheeseburger? Oh, yes or no thanks? <laughs> so are they just using this for market <laughs> research? I don't know. I guess or is it so. an ad? No, it's an ad. 
they're just really bad examples. <laughs> <laughs> it's just terrible examples. So you can you can check that out in the show notes. Yeah, those and aren't great examples. At, at Marketing O'Clock. And I'm sure as one of the good advertisers, you can beat all those examples. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to this week's Take of the Week. This is a saucy hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. This week's take comes from Brighton SEO, the conference, I guess. But it is from at ThoughtShift UK. And the tweet is, find an ad. Take the product out. If you still love the ad, it's not a good ad. From Dave Trott, who I believe gave a keynote. Because the rest of the tweet reads, <laughs> hashtag Brighton SEO, hashtag keynote, hashtag advertising wisdom. That's a lot. Of hashtags? Of That's just a very deep sentence, I feel. I don't know. Yes. Well, I I think the point of of it is you can have really... Well, we're not supposed to explain things (laughs) here. But I like the thought that you can have something that's really appealing, but if you don't have the product in there and it still is good, the onus isn't on the product. It's on the art. Yeah. But sometimes... I don't know. It made me initially think of the Apple Christmas ads that my mom always loved so much. Okay. She's an iPhone user. Oh, she is. So I guess it worked on her. Because of the ads? I don't know. But I don't know. Sometimes it gets people talking. I don't know if I always agree with this. Okay. I saw another uh, response to this tweet where it said, find an ad you don't like, take the product out. If you still don't like the ad, it's still not a good ad. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. But I guess you can also follow Dave Trott, who apparently was a keynote speaker on Twitter. His bio has a him carrying a big wrench, Ooh. maybe the biggest wrench I've ever seen. <laughs> maybe got some big nuts and bolts over there in England or yeah. wherever Dave Trott is. I'd like to hear the rest of the keynote. I'm sure. I'm sure we can piece together some tweets and, and get you halfway there. Mm-hmm. All right, and that brings us to this week's lightning round. Pew pew. At this point in the show, we split up the content into two parts, paid and... Non-paid. I cover everything to do with advertising, a.k.a. paid, and Greg covers the organic. A.k.a. (laughs) non-paid. Here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First up, Microsoft Advertising is expanding their audience-based targeting options with two new types of audiences launching in open beta this week. So the first is product audiences. These are similar to Google Ads shopping retargeting lists, and they are retargeting lists for specific products in your shopping campaigns. Triggered via product IDs, users can be retargeted with products they've previously engaged with on your site. So This is nice. Yeah. Shopping is really tough, shopping campaigns. There's so much that goes into them, and the more tools we have, I know shopping is going towards this fully automated kind of route but yeah right. this is great if you have a ton of products on your site this is going to be awesome for you yeah and so if nice. you're using it on google now you can just import it right into microsoft which is always nice the second is similar audiences which are just like the similar audiences or look alike audiences that we're familiar with on other platforms would you say they're similar to google's similar audiences i think i would greg <laughs> And you'll specify an audience, perhaps converted users or something like that, and Microsoft will find users similar to them that you can target in your campaigns. So these are both really great options that you can try out. And next up in paid, Google Ads auction time bidding comes to Search Ads 360. Say that four times fast. I know. It's a lot. (laughs) 
We have a lot of tongue twisters in our <laughs> articles this week. So if you want to enable this, all you have to do is go to engine features and check the box for auction time bidding, and you'll be able to test it out in your campaigns. And this is only for Search Ads 360. And when I hear you say this, I immediately think when you're talking about auction time bidding, I immediately think of an auctioneer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do I wish a, I could do, do it. Three, do it. Four dollars. Four dollars. Four dollars. Five. It's like that's what I think of all the time. Holding up the signs. And there's little robots yeah. raising and lowering. So not cool. not quite as fun, but yeah, you can try it out. And also in the news this week, Instagram will now restrict people under the age of 18 from seeing posts that promote weight loss products or types of cosmetic surgery. Good. I know. And they're targeting the Kardashians on this, but I see a lot of influencers doing it. They're not the only ones. No, but they're the biggest ones. I know, but it's not all them. You start start big. Kardashians got to eat too, okay? I guess that's not a good example. No, no, that's not good. If you're doing that, just drink and detox all day long. I was saying they got to eat like they got to make the money, but that's not a good example for this. So the new policy targets a rapidly growing and controversial sect of influencer marketing. Instagram will apply the age restriction in cases where posts include an incentive to buy or are accompanied by a price or a product. Or they'll just remove the post entirely if it makes a, quote, miraculous claim about a certain diet or weight loss product and is linked to commercial offers such as a discount code. So if you are schlepping some kind of diet sauce or whatever, if you don't have a discount code, are you okay? You can just be like, hey, Kylie, hey, Kara, hey, Jenners, hop on this this train. Yeah, and you might be okay. No coupon code this time. And. You're often okay for people over the age of 18. It's really just targeting people under. Okay, so here's another question. What if I don't have a coupon code, but I send people to a landing page that's specific to Kylie? It's the the miracle detox, or not miracle, I can't say miracle. It's the super great detoxtea.com forward Mm -hmm. slash Kylie, and there's a different price there. Can I do that? As long as they're not under 18, that's a gray area in this, definitely. I thought the under 18 had to have the incentive too. Or is incentive and coupon code, maybe, I I don't know. Well, apply the age restriction in cases where posts include an incentive to buy and are accompanied accompanied by a price. But they'll take them down entirely if it makes a miraculous claim. I want to know if, that's a great job posting that they probably had to put up there. They're like, looking for certifications, MD preferred, five years of medical practice, we're going to be sit at a computer and determine whether or not this is miraculous or not. How, how do you know if it's miraculous or not? I don't know if you're making some crazy claim. And I remember something in the news about this like a few months ago where Chloe was selling weight loss lollipops. That's when it got like people got really fired up because they were like targeted <laughs> towards kids. See, I'm so dumb. I just my, I'm always I don't know. Maybe, maybe that works. It doesn't seem like that works. No. How do I know, though? Did you watch the... I'd gym- have to try it. Yeah. Like, this looks like it might be miraculous. Let me try these weight loss lollipops. And then f- two weeks later, I'd be able to give an approval or denial if I was in this position. Two weeks later, you're still on the toilet. Did you see, <laughs> <laughs> did you see the video in the article? I did. <laughs> check the show notes. You have to check this out. It's unsavory. But it's funny. It's amazing. It's real life, and it shows somebody enjoying one of these shakes. Jamila Jamil from The Good Place. Oh, okay. I hope I'm saying her name right. And then it shows her post-shake. 
and it is quite impressive. Yeah, and um, she's the one who's really taken on the Kardashians. I don't know if she needs to be targeting them so specifically. This is great that Instagram's doing this. I don't know if it was the Kardashians' fault, though. Maybe you just say don't advertise to people under 18. That's another yeah, thing. Yeah, what's too. wrong with that? If, you, if you're so sensitive about not advertising to adults in specific weight loss stuff, don't advertise anything. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. You've got this, this say hey no ads to people under 18, and it's all taken care of. And then anybody that's an adult, you can watch all the stupid ads with the dumbest products. <laughs> and then if you choose to be an idiot, you can go be an idiot. Like it's America. Yeah. Or wherever else. <laughs> Maybe in other countries you're not allowed to be an idiot. I don't know. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Next up, LinkedIn ads now allows you to use and or directives when creating audiences. So this was kind of a sneaky piece of news that we found. Thanks to Andrea Cruz on her at Andrea Cruz 92 Twitter handle. From the fabulous co-marketing. Yes. And LinkedIn hasn't said anything about this as the time we're recording, as of the time we're recording. But... You used to be only able to use and when combining, say, like job titles and skills in your targeting. So the more attributes you added, the more narrow your audience would be. But now you can specify between and or or. So you could also make your audience broader if you choose to do so. Yeah, and that, this is really helpful. It just gives you more granularity. Obviously, all we do is chirp about how awesome more options are. And more detailed targeting is. And we've talked in the past about how great their demographic reporting is on LinkedIn. So hopefully, even as we're making our audiences broader, they still keep that. We'll have to keep an eye out for that as well. Yeah, and and or this may, this may help <laughs> you spend less. The one gripe everybody says is how expensive LinkedIn is. Things can be pricey and still be valuable. Giving people more options and allowing you to hone audiences and remove audiences like we've talked about before mm-hmm. now and oring audiences don't get caught up in price folks okay end rant here so we have more news straight from twitter this week and this time it's from Stephen johns at Stephen johns 21 and he is reporting that now you can add categories as a new rule to target specific web pages for dynamic ad campaigns. So instead of targeting a specific URL, you can target a category. The example he has in his screenshot um, is a campaign targeting web pages in the classic cars category. So you have to explore all the categories there if you're running dynamic ads to see if any of them work for your campaign. And if you are doing anything in paid at all, you should follow Stephen Johns. To your point, it's Stephen Johns twenty one on Twitter, and when he's got, so he finds all these things just out here breaking the news. He just yeah. breaks news, and, and when he does, you see it come in all caps. And <laughs> just like, my ears perk up like I'm a dog, and I hear the food un- bag unravel. It's like, ooh, all caps. Yeah, and what this is another got, one Stephen? I hadn't seen anything from Google about this yet, so we'll have to keep an eye out to see what they say. And finally, in paid, a new Wall Street Journal article is accusing Amazon of juicing search results to more prominently feature listings that are more profitable for the company, including Amazon's own private label offerings. Amazon Basics? <laughs> yes, that would be <laughs> an example. Not what you want. So Amazon has denied the claim, saying, as any store would do, we consider the profitability of the Amazon products we list and feature them on the site. But it is just one metric and not in any way a key driver of what we show to customers. I guess if it's organic, that is problematic. Mm-hmm. The other issue is 
you're Amazon. You could sponsor your own stuff all you want. And like, what are you going to do? Pay yourself. And then it's in the paid you category. See that with Google yeah. As well. And they've got their own things where they're not going to compete against you and you're not going to pay more. If it, but they still aren't paying themselves for their own ad placements for things. Yeah. You could do whatever you want. Like, you're not going to pay yourself for a sponsored post for your own stuff. How is that going to work? The <laughs> like, lines are blurry here not, for I'm, sure. I'm not an accountant over right. here. I'm a CPA, but I feel like paying yourself doesn't doesn't work. But as a user, I don't like to hear that. And it makes me not like Amazon as much. Oh. And then also if it's a really inexpensive product and you're on Prime, like trash bags or something. I don't know if they have trash bags, but you're just sometimes you just buy the first result on your phone because you need it the next day. I never do that. I can't do that. I'm really? Too, I'm too sensitive to that. With really inexpensive stuff, never. I'll just be like, okay. I've never not looked at something once and just bought it. Never. Hmm. I'm just too curious. I only do it with Prime. Okay. Add to cart. Or you can press ship now. What's the button? It's like order right so now. I love it. I feel like I'm like I'm a sleuth every time I'm looking at a product on Amazon. Which is why I like it more that. than going to the store and you have one choice. But no, and so speaking of trash bags, <laughs> maybe we should save this for after show. There's two kinds of trash bags, scented and unscented. I'm about to make a blanket statement. I would say eight times out of ten, if anything comes in scented or unscented, I'm going unscented. Okay. I used to go scented, and I got a real bad scent. And I think I'm <laughs> unscented for life now. I, got one I, I don't know what kind it was, but yeah. I got a real bad scent. And so I'm now off that scent trail. I just assume with, like, skincare, it's going to make me itch or break out. So I always go... And oh, I apply the as, same to trash bags, I guess. Oh, I use them as ponchos, too. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So there's a lot of legal concerns with this, too, antitrust questions. If you want to dig deeper into it, you can check out the article in our show notes. And that's all for paid. So let's get into non-paid. All right. We've got more YouTube news where YouTube is testing profile cards that show users' comment history. So if you're running a YouTube channel and you see a comment from a commentor on a post... You can hover, highlight that person and see all the recent comments from that channel. This could be interesting for me. <laughs> I think it's interesting because you can say maybe this person is worth responding to or maybe they're just a total troll. And yeah. the last four different posts they've done have been the trolliest posts made from under a bridge. You know, yeah. like you know I'm not responding to those people and then somebody else that's been really positive, supportive, helping out with other you know, answers in, in comments, you can be like, oh, this person's great. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I watch slash listen to this daily pop culture millennial news show, The Morning Toast on okay. YouTube. And I just don't want people to see my recent comments. Do you comment They're on just this? all random. Like, I think the last thing I said was, Jonathan is definitely the hotter property brother. <laughs> like, Which one is he? <laughs> Because we might we might end this podcast. I'm still right mixing now. it up. Wait, I actually think it's true. The realtor is the cuter one. You have an awful sense no. of taste. No hope. There's one person that doesn't do anything. The realtor is the cuter one. Okay. Are you asking? For I'm my... not saying he doesn't do anything. I'm saying in general, there's one person in that show that does everything. Talks up, figures out the plans, builds all the schematics, figures out all the pricing, problem shoots everything actually smashes the walls down, builds everything, and then makes it look great. Okay, but do you see how well-pressed the realtor suits are? That takes time. 
Are you saying the realtor is the hotter one? Yes. I would agree. Yes. Isn't 100%. Is not the guy, isn't the other brother the one dating Zoe, Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel? That's how this came up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one's cuter. Wait, which one is Zoe Deschanel dating? I think she's... The, the, the contractor or Yes, the, the contractor. The the I'm looking it up. I, big points is Zoe no, Deschanel. Uh, yeah, it's somebody that can actually do something. I'm not it's saying anything positive. bad about the other one. I'm We're just, just saying, saying yep, she's dating Jonathan. She's dating. So she likes like, you know, a nice working man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As everybody should. His the brother could. Do anything. He the could other... knock down a wall. You don't know. That guy couldn't knock a wall down. Have you ever seen Maybe him? He, he doesn't could. ever participate in Maybe anything. Maybe it's in his contract that he's not allowed to knock down walls. You don't know. He would ruin those nice suits. I've watched all the episodes. Hope I know. <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, so you're commenting on Property Brothers incorrectly, and so somebody could see that and say, oh, I'm not going to reply to her because she's got a bad directive here in life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, next up, Instagram posts can be scheduled in advance through Facebook. This functionality was reported first by TechCrunch, and there's a great article over on Search Engine Journal showing how to get this done. Fine, Uh, this is, we've needed this. Yeah, this is, I, I never understand how Instagram's been around for this long. They bought it, what, five years ago for a billion dollars, and one of the first things you didn't do was like, <laughs> schedule, let's make it easier for people to post, and especially brands that want to boost their following and spend more money. But anyway, Search Engine Journal has an article that shows you how to do this. It's pretty easy. The one caveat, you have to have an Instagram business account. Mm-hmm. So you can't do it if you're a personal account, which is also pretty dumb. Because we heard about this a few weeks ago where folks were worried they are going to lose their engagement metrics. And so kids under the age of, what, 13 or something started setting up business accounts so they could still see their analytics. So now you're going to be like, oh, I want to post this at the perfect time for my audience. I'm going to take this person and turn it into a business. They just make it for everybody. It's not that hard. Yeah. I guess it is hard because you need a Facebook business account. <laughs> but, I don't know. I just ran. I wish the kids weren't worried about it, but I guess if you can't stop them. Jeff. Oh, gosh. Jess <laughs> is out right now, maybe uh, giving a child their first birthday ever. <clears throat> In reality, it's happy birthday to me with this next article. Why? Y'all asked for it, and they came through. Facebook is expanding their ultra-popular <laughs> portal products. <laughs> and from Facebook, they said, Today we're expanding the portal family of home video calling devices with three new models, Portal, Portal Mini, and Portal TV. We're also introducing a new way to make calls using WhatsApp and bringing Portal to more countries. This is what the world needs, Shep. Portal on your TV. Yeah, because I'm sure they won't watch us. So that's the big news. <laughs> Besides the se- sleeker and sexier portals out there. Did they say that? <laughs> I said that, just looking at the portals. But the big news is about Portal TV. And this is an apparatus that brings smart video calling to the largest screen in your home, your TV. One, one, one thought I, I have here is on this next sentence. Facebook says it sits discreetly on top or below (laughs) your television for immersive video calling, giving you the freedom to move around during calls and still be seen and heard. I take a little bit of umbrage with this because it's a 7.5 inch by 2 inch by 1.5 inch or 1.2 inch box. 7 inches isn't 
discreet. I'm just, I just think all of that sounds like they're spying on us. They're, <laughs> Facebook? <laughs> Shop. I don't think they're doing it right. <laughs> what, why would you I think? Would, if, it, if I was Facebook, I wouldn't be talking about how discreet it is. And that you can walk around and move around freely. It's like they're watching you everywhere. Are you applying for a PR position over at Facebook, Shop? No, thank you. <laughs> that would be some, some <laughs> job. Oh, boy. But, yeah, so if you're one of those people that stayed awake at night, not sleeping, <laughs> worried that your TV didn't have a video camera, for just $149, you can now sleep at night with Portal or TV and sleep while being watched. They're not Facebook even team. making it like their own Roku type thing or anything. It's just a camera. Like, who wants that? Gives you the freedom to move around during calls, Shep. I don't want to move around during <laughs> calls. So the one thing that I immediately thought of when they announced this, they announced this earlier in the week, I believe Monday or Tuesday, and it was right after uh, HBO television show called Succession came out. Mm-hmm. And there was an all-time, in my mind, just tech exchange between Tom and Greg. Greg is sort of the intern turned assistant, and Tom is the kind of dopey boss in power, but sort of powerless as well. Are you up for a dramatic reading? Yeah, I wonder which part you're going to have me play. Okay, you can be Tom. I'll be Greg, because I'm pretty good at that. So I'm the dopey one? Well, I'm Greg, because I'm pretty good at being Greg. Okay. So, okay. All right, so you're Tom, Mm -hmm. and I'm Greg. Okay. And just a little context first. This is about a talk that Tom is going to give about ATN, the news network. So we'll pretend ATN reminded me of Facebook in this, in this specific example. So, so there, there's a thing about your talk. Um, my talk? Um, yes. Uh, when it got circulated, uh, legal and comms wanted you to be aware that maybe we shouldn't go with ATN, we're listening. Uh, okay. I mean, I really do like we're listening. It sounds like, I mean... It sounds like we're listening. No, sh- sure. It's it's just yeah. It's just um, there's apparently in the EPG on the set top boxes the voice activation mode. It does um, like there's a gray area in terms of our data collection. So that we kind of like uh, we we actually are listening. We're listening. It's complicated, but 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 yeah. It seems that we are sometimes uh, listening quite aggressively. We're listening? Yeah. But it's just to, like, to maximize the user experience. But if that was a break, maybe? Oh, heck. <laughs> so, yeah. So the question is, is it a smart thing for you to be saying we're listening when we are indeed listening? Why was I not aware of this? Well, it's basically legal, <laughs> the guy said. But he didn't want to put it in an email. So what am I going to call it now? I don't know. Maybe uh, uh, <laughs> they suggested we hear you. And, and scene. scene. <laughs> <laughs> and I was dying just thinking of all the technology in our houses. And then Portal came out two days after that scene. So check it out. It's season two, episode six. And it is some great writing. It's not the most savory of shows, but... We're not sponsored by HBO. (laughs) We may be after this. And next up, Google shortens title length in search by roughly five characters on average. And the folks over at Rank Ranger, by way of Barry Schwartz at Search Engine Roundtable, found that on average, the title snippet length dropped from 50 
5.3 characters to 50.9 characters on average. Hmm. This most likely is because the font size went up. So does this mean you should go change all of your title tags? No. No. <laughs> no, because no. the font size might go down. Yeah, it could change tomorrow. We don't know. And that's, that's I'm, I'm just waiting for a barrage of articles to say, now we have to get under 50, 50 or under characters on average. So just hang tight. Everything's fine. <laughs> Next up, I got an email from Google My Business saying that the SMS option is going to be no longer supported. So you'll have to use the My Business app if you would like to communicate with your users via your My Business listing. So just a heads up, if that's something you're using with SMS, get ready to install an app. And now lastly, LinkedIn has a way for users to verify their skills. LinkedIn is introducing skill assessments, which allow users to demonstrate their expertise and add a verified skill badge to the profile. Shep, this makes sense because LinkedIn has one of the most profitable built-in opportunities ever, which is jobs. Mm -hmm. And we've seen things like Career Builder, and I don't even know what the other ones were, Monster kind of go away. But with LinkedIn, you've got endorsements. You've got people working on their profiles. You can see everything, and now you can add assessments and have these little skills be verified. That's great. You Indeed has that as well, mm -hmm. where you can have these certifications for skills. And a research showed that 76% of professionals wish that employers were able to verify their skills. My only question is, who is verifying the skill test makers? Yeah. Because I've seen some people come out and say, hey, we're even Google Ad certified. And you ask them a question, and they have no idea. And do people have to, like, retake the certifications? How often are the tests updated? Like, we know that Google Ads test is very out of date. Is it going to be like that? Oh, God. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I think this sounds nice in theory, but online tests, it's so easy to cheat, too. Like, what does it mean? It, yeah, that, that's a good question. But if it may make it easier for employers. Or if you're out there struggling, take these things. Right. Add these things in. Uh, little steps, little certifications can go a long way. So make sure you do do all the little steps. And it's nice that at least you have that option. I wish you could like hook up your Google Ads ass assessment to your LinkedIn profile somehow. You can. You can link to it. Oh. You, there's a linkable account. There's I'm just going to go run home link. and do that. <laughs> Add it in. <laughs> all right. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard. Or hardly working. Where we talk about what is going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise this week. Yep. What's been happening with you lately? So I had a little frustration this week. Um, we wanted to set up, I was working with you, Greg, we wanted to set up a bunch of campaign experiments for different bid strategies in an account. It was probably, I think it was 14 different campaigns. Mm -hmm. We wanted to test all the same thing. So I just went to the campaigns page, right-clicked and opened them all up in other tabs. So I had them all ready to go. I was going to make the experiments and be ready. And after I made them and went back, a bunch of them had failed. And when I like looked at the status on the campaign page, it said unable to create. And I, I've never seen that before. I don't know why other than that I was just trying to make too many at once, but it was very frustrating. And there was one that I had to try like four different times before it finally worked. And as you know, you can't name your drafts or experiments the same as another one. Yeah. So I had to start like misspelling words <laughs> just so I could Ooh, make my experience. Variance. I know. V instead of verse. It was so obnoxious. 
So that was like an hour of my life that I didn't need to waste, but thanks, Google. And that's something that Google should pay attention to. Even the drafts and experiments process now with the new Google Ads interface is substantially worse than AdWords' old interface. It was. is not. It is counterintuitive. Like the, I, <laughs> When you look at comparison from experiment, experiments and drafts versus originals, I cannot believe the user... There are teams of designers at Google, and somebody came up with that. <laughs> it is incredible. It is incredible. You have to click and hover mm-hmm. in order to see results. Nuts. Completely nuts. So one thing working well, I guess, but that I didn't know, so I guess I was the one that didn't work hard enough, was about gallery ads in Google Ads. And in case you didn't know, gallery ads was announced back at Marketing Live where you can have images come into mobile ads, again, with for, for Google specifically. And I didn't know how many stipulations were in gallery ads. And one thing we were trying to do was to have kind of a fall image for our products, have a different background than the products were. Didn't know you couldn't have a Photoshop background. What? Can't do that. And so I want to run through a few things that you might not know about gallery ads so that you're informed and you can keep working hard. So first off, image has to be static. Can't be a GIF. You can't have a Photoshop background. You can't overlay a logo in the image. You can't have text overlaid. You can't even use a collage. And you can't have a repetitive image. So if one image is too close to another image in the gallery that you're swiping through, you are not going to be approved. And it, and it seems like they are very rigorous with their approvals yeah, right now as well. That's very limiting. All right. And now it's time for this week's WTH. This week's WTH comes from Gizmodo, Jennings Brown. I think this is the second week in a row from Jennings Brown. It is. He's just a Way WTH, to go, yeah, WTH <laughs> generator. And the name of the article is Authorities Consider Taking Legal Action Against Facebook Over Storm Area 51 Event. Here's the first paragraph. <laughs> no one is sure what will happen later this week in Rachel, Nevada, the location of a planned Alien Gate Festival that evolved out of a viral Facebook event. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> There's going to be a few hundred people there. There's not going to be... That's your estimate? There's not going to be enough to storm the gates of Area 51. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> the authorities are considering taking legal action to cover the plans that it will take to prepare for the onslaught of visitors. And they're estimating it's going to be a quarter million dollars that the county's going to have to spend. And Maddie Roberts was the person that created the Facebook event Storm Area 51 that can't stop all of us. On June 27th. <laughs> but it went viral and turned into a festival called Alien Stock. And it's planned to take place, I think tomorrow is the big day, mm-hmm. at the little A hyphen L E in, like Alien. Alien. Yeah. I was ashamed of how many times I read it before I got the name. I got it. I just don't know how to pronounce it because there's Alien. I know, but they, why do you have two apostrophes in it then? A-Lee-In. A-Lee-In. I was watching a live stream minutes before taping. It looks like it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> well, where were they at the... Because they changed the location of the event. Did you see that? So it was supposed to be at Alien, and then I looked at the website, and it said they were moving it to downtown Oh, Las Vegas, oh, I believe. Boy. Okay. Well, anyway, what I saw was from ground zero of 
this alien stock. And looking at what was there, I predict it's an alien fire fest without the aliens. <laughs> That's how I think it's going to play out. Because I was watching this video, and there was a reporter talking about the infrastructure and the framework around alien stock. And it was like 20 feet of two-by-fours with plywood on top. And if you put anybody up on there, it's going to collapse. And it's like, oh, and there's also a lot of CBD water around. <laughs> All right. This is what do you do at alien stock? Like, I guess do you bands get up on the plywood or you get under the plywood and you drink the CBD water. And then it is so haphazard. It makes Billy McFarlane look like oh my Steve Jobs. So I guess this Maddie was the original person planning the event. Maddie had someone else with him too. And then the owner of the alien got involved and then Maddie backed out and wanted to get another location. So I have a conspiracy theory that Maddie was abducted by aliens. Oh, they, they, they got wind that Maddie was coming Yeah, for they him. don't want to be bothered. What if the aliens are in captivity in Area 51? Maybe it's the government that took they them totally because they're trying are. to free the aliens. There is something they're not telling us about Area 51. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, the county apparently is looking at into suing both Maddie and Facebook for this cost that they're going to incur. But apparently the county had issued permits for this event. There was a funny quote where somebody had talked about the district attorney saying, good luck with that Facebook. <laughs> I mean, you might as well go after the Queen of England <laughs> as far as going after Maddie or the promoter. So here's the deal. If you're going to be offering 250 plus emergency responders for an event, why not just cancel the event? They offered the permit. They permitted it. Now they're saying, oh, look what you made us do. You don't permit the event. I'm sad. I think this could have been a really great event if it had worked out. I think the aliens would have enjoyed it. And unfortunately, like with the new Woodstock, they just couldn't figure it out. Sort of like a Swifty stock. No, Swifty stock is going to be on. It's going to be really good. The Taylor Swift Boston show? It's called Loverfest. Oh, Loverfest. Mm -hmm. My bad. That's what we should do. Send all these guys over to Loverfest. <laughs> Send all the aliens. Tell them to relax. <laughs> Stop getting so aggressive trying to get in places. They're not welcome. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have a lot of luck suing Facebook on this. And anyone with a Facebook group could get in big trouble with stuff that goes on there if Facebook gets in trouble for this. So we'll have to see what happens. I guess the moral of the story is at least you get permits if you set up a joke account. Because <laughs> apparently Maddie isn't in that much trouble because at least they issued permits. There's some mentions in this Gizmodo article that Facebook is not liable due to some specific laws and user-generated content or something. All right. And that brings us to this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something that we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And this week's Cool Tool is Adobe Premiere Pro Auto Reframe. And disclaimer, this is not available yet, but they announced that it is coming soon, so keep your eyes peeled. An auto reframe uses machine learning to intelligently reframe and reformat video content for different aspect ratios from square to vertical to cinematic 16 to 9 versions. And the idea here is that you can capture video and this tool will automatically reframe it for different platforms and it'll save broadcasters and creative teams a lot of time in the process. And yeah, check it, check it out in the show notes. Looks like it could be awesome time saver. All right, and that brings us to our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. Today's article comes from Amy Gazenhaus over at Marketing Land with the article called, You Can't Advertise That. 
the big list of prohibited ads across social and search platforms. Amy does a great job of looking at the different platforms, and she specifically highlights Facebook and Instagram, Google and YouTube, LinkedIn, Microsoft, Pinterest, Reddit, Snapchat, and Twitter, and takes a look at what is not allowed on each one of these networks. Amy yeah. did a great job. It's a great resource. Putting this in one spot for us, and you can see it in our show notes. Thank you, Amy. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Hack, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. And this week, we're playing everybody's favorite game, two kinds of people, where we list something off, and it's binary, A or B, ones or zeros, two kinds of people. And I'll start this week. There are two kinds of people, people that come to a full stop in the easy pass lane even when it says 20 miles per hour in the lane itself, and people that drive through the easy pass lane. Well, this could also be separated into people who have easy pass and people who don't. True. I have easy pass. Okay. I don't. The... Like, that's enough of a problem. <laughs> okay. So, so <laughs> you're out. You're stopping whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um, I would never stop. My, I have more of a problem where it's like a low speed one and I try to fly through it and then I have to kind of slam on my brakes because like the light hasn't changed. Oh, see, I'm, I don't care. I'm going, I'm committed. I'm 20 miles an hour through it regardless. My only issue is there's some that say five miles an hour and some that say 20 here in New York. And I'm, if you go 20 all the time, you're fine. If you go over 25 miles an hour, you get a warning letter in the, in the mail. Oh, I haven't gotten so one of those yet. So I'm guessing you went and then over there's, 25. Many oh, times. Yeah. <laughs> then there's some that are like, you don't have to slow down at all. Those are great. Yeah, those are the best. Unless you don't have an easy pass and you like accidentally go through one. I've almost done that too. I'd say 50% of the time, let's say, somebody stops in the easy pass lane. It's like, what are you doing? There's nobody here. You know you have easy pass. You're just waiting for the sign to turn. What? What is wrong with you? Have you never used this before? Are you new? Like, I do wait on? for it to turn green before I drive by. Probably, yeah, so I'm one, one of the people. That? You want to but if it's 20 miles an hour, it usually turns green as I'm driving by. I, I right. never come you, to a complete stop. But it says 20 miles an hour, and you're saying you don't go 20 miles, miles an hour. No, I wait for the light to turn green. I would want to make sure the light changes so I don't get a warning letter. But what are you going to do? But though? if it's 20 miles an hour, out, it usually works. Talk to the machine, type some code. What are you going to do? <laughs> you slow down until the light changes. I don't know. I don't have one. Get off the road. What do you got? <laughs> I'm keeping people in jobs. Okay, so mine have to do with shopping. Great. <laughs> Your I'm favorite your thing. So first, I just moved into an apartment, so I'm furnishing everything. So I'm buying a lot of stuff and spending a lot of money. And there are two kinds of people when you go shopping for big ticket items. There's the kind of people who have to look at every single option, and they have to go to 
a bunch of stores and they just have to see every possible thing that they could buy before they make a decision. And there's other people who, once they see something that they love, they buy it right away. I can't even relate because I just buy everything online. Like even a big ticket item, I would... If it didn't ship, I would find it online, know what store it was in, go and pick it up. I would never, I hate shopping so much. I am the same way. I would fall into ladder group hope where I don't care. I bought chairs, you know, big furniture chairs on the internet. I've bought a diving board. On, I, I don't care. I buy everything on the internet. I don't want to go places. I haven't bought a couch in, in a store. while. I'm saying even if you're shopping online. In general, oh, yeah. I look at everything. Every I option. look at a lot. I'm talking both. I think it's different though. If you're online, you can do, it's not a hassle. You can be watching some show or something and doing it. If you're going into a store, you're committing time in your life to go during the store hours and check different stuff and drive around and talk to these different salespeople. Oh, no way. I'm having you have to anxiety. Talk to salespeople. Sometimes you get a really great deal. One time I went into Home Goods and this table was kind of broken and I got it for 40 bucks. And it was originally $140. Home Goods and TJ Maxx are like the only places I'll actually go shop because they have good stuff and they don't they're not online. All right, next up, there's two kinds of people. People that think and know Halloween is the best holiday of the year <laughs> and everybody else. Two well, kinds of people. Kind of person. <gasps> Two okay, kinds of people. no. There's a time when Halloween is like a lot. No. A lot? But I, I can I can imagine when I have kids I will love Halloween again. And I love like going I know you love your costumes and I do too. My costumes? I don't wear costumes. Well your kids' costumes. Oh. Like I respect the hustle. But right now it's like I'm an adult. Am I going to get dressed up and go to a bar? Am I going to get invited to a party? Like, that's horrible. And Halloween, when you're wearing a Halloween costume, like, people think they can touch you. What? <laughs> what costumes are you going to? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> literally anything. One year I went as popcorn. This was the worst year. And I had balloons that looked like popcorn. People were just touching me all night. It was horrible. Hmm. All right, anyway, I love Halloween. I am the other type of person. I do love it. Love it. Love the decorations. I love spooky stuff. There's no better holiday. It's the best time of year. It's the best time of year. I'll agree with that, but the night of, I think, is getting a little overrated at my age. The other thing, it's it's a one-day event. You're there, it's one time, and then you're out. It's amazing. I just wish there was a nice house party I could go to, and I didn't have to go to a bar. But nobody wants your candy. Do your own house party. You could have skulls and spooky stuff. I love it, love it. Candy everywhere. I have multiple costumes that I dress up in every year. I plan it a year in advance of what I'm going to dress up as. All right, Hope, what's your next one? Let's get back on the fashion train. The shopping train. Okay, there's two types of people. (laughs) There are two types. Either you love brands or you don't. Are you the kind of person who will pay more money for a brand name or no? I think it depends a little bit. Just so let me clarify the question. Is it a brand so that people see the brand or is it a brand that I know is good? Like if I'm buying running sneakers, is it a brand like a Nike brand or something else? I would say a brand so I that think people if you're, see it. Okay. Well, what are you arguing about Nike sneakers? Because I think people want them to see the brand. True. You think this you could oh, be... Sorry, running sneakers. You think Nike running sneakers are better? No, they're terrible. Okay. But I, I wouldn't buy that. I guess to me, I don't care what brand is on my clothing. Yeah. I, I have a brand on now, but it's because this shirt is 20 years old. <laughs> it's from college. I really don't care. And I also, even when you're like 
a celebrity and it's like Gucci on your t-shirt. It's so losery. Just wear clothes. <laughs> why do we have to why do we have to have the name of the brand on it? I prefer not having brands actually. And then you look at it and the, the, the it's kind of like t- two kinds of people where if you're on the less rich side of things, you probably aren't wearing clothes with brands. And then there's That's in me. between and then you're Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> And you're deliberately going out of the way not to have brands. You just look like a schlub or you're Mark Cuban and you're just not wearing anything at all. You're just wearing hoodies and t-shirts with nothing on them. I don't like brands. I don't either. Right. I'm total opposite. I, I know. love brands. So you like wearing something and you say, it's a shirt that says Gucci right across yes, the top. Yes. I love it. I love it. I have a Gucci purse. So do you... Do they like say Gucci? It cost me a small child. Not even kidding. It was the <laughs> best day of my life. What cost? <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> I bought it in New York City, and it was the best day of my life. In your car, across the front of the windshield, do you are you one of those people who puts a decal on that says Toyota? No, no, I'm more into fashion brands. I don't have anything on my car. I just I love brand names. If I'm shopping through TJ like Maxx and I see a Kate Spade debt. dress, I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> a Kate Spade dress. So I can't really branding no, all 100. I will pay so much money for <laughs> a good brand name. All right. Get your targeting out, all your advertisers. (laughs) (laughs) Go right after hope. All right. Last up here, there are two kinds of people. One person, then when ordering a soda product, they ask what kind of product it is. And one person that just orders the cola. Okay. This is so much gray area. Do you ask ahead of time? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Okay, so you're the kind of person that asks ahead of time. Do you have Coke it. products? Yes or no? So you're that. If person, they okay. say no, some I would prefer a right. Is right like this first? Like RC Cola is like the main off brand, right? I don't know. Okay, I think so, yeah. well, Diet Right is much better than Diet Pepsi. I sit down and I say, <laughs> "Do you have Coke products?" If it's Pepsi, I'm not interested. Not interested. Okay, Hope. How about you? Yeah, I start with Pepsi. I don't even ask. I go. I want a Pepsi. And then they either go, okay, is Coke okay? And then I have to go, yeah, or I just don't get anything. I don't care. I, I'm zero. If it's, if you say Diet Coke. You buy they give Diet me, Coke for here, though. Well, it's because you guys, like, I buy Cherry Coke and I buy Coke caffeine-free caffeine and Mountain Dew and whatever. But you nonsense. would do Pepsi? Sure, I don't care. It's not the same. They, ch- they taste Can different. you taste the difference? Two types of people. You either think... Coke and Pepsi taste different, or you think they taste the same? Right, we need to, next week. Maybe we'll have a soda off. We should do the taste test. The, t- the blind taste test, and hope mm. you can be wrong. No, I, I know for a fact the difference between Coke and Pepsi. Right, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do a video series, maybe, of the marketing <laughs> clock team doing the taste test. But no, I don't clarify. I do have an aspartame problem, so sometimes if I really I need it, it, I know you're taking I'll that diet Pepsi. Pepsi. Everybody knows what's happening here. But a lot of times I'll say no. We. We'll see you next week.